0: Open your Bible tonight to the book of Isaiah, chapter. Thank you for coming. appreciate you to honor the Lord Jesus and come tonight to the house of God. I was thinking this afternoon. no two ways we can fill this auditorium now. This works if we bring more people you can fill it now this dear friend if we bring bigger people we really but i try to bring with you someday this church will have one one last revival this could be it sitting in heaven who you wish you had this could before the trump Open your Bible, Isaiah. is full of gospel. some of the greatest gospel preaching, Isaiah. But Isaiah had a knack of making tremendous, penetrating things to Christians. Open your Bible, Isaiah. The carpenter. Without his rule. Of a man that may remain in the house of the trees of the forest. He plant shall it be himself, yea, he kindleth it and baketh bread. He burneth part thereof in the fire. Fire. Yea, he warmeth himself and saith, Aha, I have seen the fire and the residue thereof he maketh a god. The scripture I just read is Man sit down in the Amazon. Man wakes up one morning, grabs his woods. First, he looks for a tall, straight, lofty tree. Pretty soon, he locates he cuts that tree down, he back home. Time he gets home, approaching supper time. Once again, picks up his axe, cuts off part of the tree, brings it in the house. They use it to cook supper. Later on, the sun sets, the evening shall come. Once again, picks up his axe, cuts off, cuts off more of the tree, <clears throat> brings it in the house. They use that as <coughs> fuel to heat the place. Now, in verse number 17, you read a strange statement. It says, and the the leftovers thereof, or the remains thereof, he maketh a God. Verse 17 describes, the man treats his God. He gives God what's left over after food, what remains after fuel. Primarily, he gives his God the scraps, the leftovers, the residue, the big questions. Do you and I as believers really Treat the real God any better, than a heathen man might treat his God. Thought in mind tonight, I want to preach on this subject, giving God the garbage. Number one, first of all, a definition. Now, what is so as a preacher, I know what garbage is. That's what my wife is for supper tonight. Well, God bless you, brother. Amen. Preacher, I know what garbage is. Out there, the dump or the landfill is full of worms and maggots. It smells horrible. It's a nasty way tonight go look in your garbage can in your garbage can there's vegetables the corn is still yellow the peas are still green you want to reach down and take them out brush them off put them in your mouth you won't to swallow them they wouldn't harm your body your body would get nutrients and protein from them but tonight they're in their garbage now why they're rotten no they're spoiled no One reason they were simply left over but they're considered garbage Friend, that's exactly how you giving God the garbage. Have many left over I'll put in the offering Nothing the television. I might give God a few minutes. Emphatically, dogmatically, the Bible you claim to believe says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And he tells God on the basis of convenience, instead of the basis of obedience, we are guilty of giving God the garbage. Number one, a definition. Number two, what dimensions, what every one of us, believe me, John Mark included, have to fight and struggle in battle to keep from giving God the garbage. Ever said this, Brother Mark? I realize I don't have the Bible enough or pray enough, but I got a family, I got a job, I got things to do, I just don't have time. Wait, wait. Think that through. It was God to put 24 hours in a day God said 24 hours is enough to do what I ask you to do and do what you need to do. Shame on you, blaming God, your indifference, your laziness, then you blame God. Friend, 24 hours, God, is enough. It is enough, my friend. It's not a time problem. It's a priority problem. You can watch television three or four hours a night for hobbies. Jesus Christ, 15 minutes a day to read your Bible and pray. You are guilty, my friend of giving God the gospel. Now, you cannot, hear me, you cannot live for God and neglect the Word of God. Turn your Bible to Psalm 119. Psalm 119. <laughs> Don't get nervous. It's the longest chapter in the Bible. We're going to look at five or six verses, okay? Psalm 119, the importance of the Word of God. First of all, when you found Psalm the longest book in the Bible Look, first of all, please at verse twenty-five. Verse twenty-five, the psalmist said, <clears throat> "My soul, my just, dis- body, my soul cleaveth unto the dust." saying, I'm, devastated. I'm depressed. I'm discouraged. I'm weighed down. I'm in the dust. Now, read further. My soul cleaveth unto the dust. Then he said, "The next word there, quicken." That word "quicken" means this revive. How is God going to revive him when he's so low? Look at the reading. Leave out of the dust. Give me, thou me. Here it is. According to thy word. What do you say? I was defeated. I was depressed. I'm in the dust. What happened? That And God stirred my heart. Filled my soul. He revived me as I spent time in the word of God. Hear me, hear me, hear me. Here. It could be every day if you'll spend time in the word of God. Gone over verse 50, verse number five. Oh. This is my comfort in my affliction. My he's going through a tough time. He's afflicted. All kinds of problems. Read further. This is my comfort in my affliction. Why? It hath quickened me. Thy word hath revived me. There it is again. Get it in your head, friend. If you read this book, you can live in a revived state. When you're about is look at verse number 93. Psalm 119, verse 93: I will never forget thy precepts, or thy teachings, or thy words, or the Bible. Why? For with them thou hast quickened me, thou hast revived me. The Bible is a rebel book, but you have to read it to get revived. What else? 107: I am afflicted very much. Revive me, quicken me. My word. Finally, 154: my cause. And deliver me, revive me, quicken me, according to thy word. Seven times God said you can have revival every day. Not through a television. Heaven, Reading the word of God will fill your heart and give you strength and give you victory. You're not going to find anywhere else. The Bible, my friend, is so important. Preacher, I don't have time to read the Bible. Now, Now wait, wait, wait. Imagine every day you read and prayed, total, to put them together, 15 minutes. 15 minutes. I went to school, that was called a quarter of an hour, okay? Every day, 15 minutes, read your Bible and pray. How much of your time that would be? Imagine over 1% of your time. Come on, stop lying to yourself and get real. Look me in the eye. Tell me, Christ is not worth one percent. He's not worth that. God help you, friend. You've got a mighty poor opinion of Jesus. After all, He's done for you, for you, went to hell for you, saved you, and yet you don't think He's worth one percent. Time in the Word of God it will change our lives. Isaiah 44. (laughs) Isaiah 44. Go back now, please. The dimensions. Years ago, I went to the state fair, my wife and I, and another couple. Now, when I go to the state fair, some people say, well, isn't it exciting? Man, state's exciting. Get it, huh? Oh, yeah. Hoop-dee-doo. We saw the, wow, the cattle, the sheep, what a blessing. I, I almost spoken when I saw those animals. It was so exciting, all right. It gets better. Then we got to see, hang on guys. Then we got to see the knitting, huh? and the sewing, and the crocheting. I was almost slain in the spirit Not either but it gets better. We saw the knitting. We saw the animals. Boy, it was exciting and thrilling, huh? In a big tent, we got to see all the other garbage. Okay, now my friend said, "I had enough of this stuff. Let's get out of here." I said, "I'm right behind you." He said, "Let's go to the car." All right. Now let me tell you something. When I go to a carnival, I'm gonna get on the fastest, wildest, highest, most dangerous merry-go-round in the entire place. Now, my friend, I'm being honest. I am. Now you're looking at a show merry-go-round. We walked in. First thing my buddies was. Hey, let's go on the roller coaster. I said, you forgot. Forgot what? This is Saturday. This is the Old Testament Sabbath. sir. Huh? You, you don't ride roller coasters on the Sabbath. No, no. That's the 11th commandment right there. Praise God. Like, okay, he said, let's go on the Ferris wheel. I said, no, I might get a nosebleed. I said, preacher, I got the exact ride we need. Let's go over here. We're going to ride. It is called. The mad mouse. I said, The who? The mad mouse. Then he said this, It's kinda. That word kinda could kill you. F- it's kinda like a great big merry-go-round. I said, Okay, let's go. Now we went over. My first hit was this: We got these little cars. <laughs> when you're our size, they're all little cars. <laughs> okay, we got these little cars. I'm Put a metal bar across my body. Let me go forward. okay? All of a sudden, it starts to move. We go up an incline about like this. All of a sudden, I realized something. The tracks had turned to the right, we are still going straight. I grabbed a hold of the side of the car. I tried. Last second, that car hit a pin but around three times. All of a sudden, we shot down the incline about like this at at least thousand miles an hour. We went down, hit the bottom up the other side. My stomach kept right on going down. I wept. I prayed I made some holy vows can I be honest I got saved three times on the Mad Mouse buddy I'll tell you that right now it's the worst experience I ever had come on get real get real tonight Christian life a mad mouse experience you serve God and quit break a habit fall back into it faithful in God's house you're sent home why the only cure the only cure is the word of God my friend you can't live for God and neglect the Word of God. What food is to your Bible and to your body, the Word of God is to your soul. And don't tell me you can't give God 50. You should, and it's worth it. Have a testimony and the joy of the Lord. Be able to point your friends to Christ. No, we have all excuses and no power because we neglect the Word of God. Number one, in dimension, the first dimension we give God the garbage is always our time. Number two is our... Testimony in your Bible. Romans chapter 1, verse 1. Romans. Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle. That next word is Baptist word, separated. You said, Brother Mark, that's us. It is. And they're separated. We don't drink. We don't smoke. We don't chew. We don't eat mayonnaise. We hate liver. We Forwards, brother Mark. Man, I got to tell you, brother Mark, we are just super separate Christians. Now hear me carefully. Your Bible talks about two kinds of separation. Here's a man. Says, holds his arms. He said, "I won't do that. I won't go that. I'll, I'll not touch that." Now watch it. That man's whole concept of Christian living is summed up in three words: "Thou shall not stop." If you're a Christian, you're different. Act different, talk different, and different. About Christianity, acting being negative, so the positive. Look in God's Word. God said it. verse one. Paul called to be an apostle. Separated. Get ready. Brace yourself. Not from to the gospel of. Did Paul say? In my life, I've given up some good things. Some nice things, some okay things. The greatest thing the high, and the main thing Christ died for to go out and witness until a lost world to be saved. That's so all you don't like. It's Bible, friend. Dedication <laughs> demands communication. What are you saying? A dedicated Christian, always me. A witnessing Christian. Is that in the Bible? If you read your Bible, you'd find it. Ready? Follow me, and I'll make you. You can't excuse it. You can't. Follow me, and I'll make you to become a man. What is that? That's witnessing and that's soul winning. There's no such thing in the Bible. Being a dedicated Christian and not trying to get folks saved. No. No, they go hand in hand. When your heart gets right with God, you want to witness, you want to see for the joy to reach out to a lost and dying world. 1903, a young man went to Moody Bible Institute. The great, wonderful R.A. Torrey was president, a great preacher, uh, a tremendous man of God. They just finished midterm exams. This young man and two friends decided to go walk in downtown Chicago they went down Chicago walked around got come back to the dormitory when young man looked down and realized his shoe was untied that night he knelt under a shade tree to tie his shoe his two friends were engaged in conversation they got the dormitory walked up the steps opened the door there stood Dr. Torrey all right Torrey said gentlemen where you been the young man said we just went welcome got an ice cream cone all right Torrey. Said, Christ. Young man said, no, sir. Witnessed anybody? Young man said, sir, we didn't have an assignment. We just went for a walk. Said, what? Assignment for Moody Bible Institute or not? I care less. Father has sent me. Even so, send I. You break up. Christ's mission has become your and the boy under the shade tree said, R.A. Torrey. Ripped those two up one side, down the other. The guy under the shade tree got under conviction, stuck around the back of the institute, went up the fire escape, raised the, got in the room, put the window down. He was afraid to light the old gas light. got in bed in dark. He was almost asleep. <laughs> A thought hit him with tremendous impact. The thought was this, someday he must come and stand. Not before our A. Torrey, but before Jesus Christ himself. In that day, there'd be no four you going to tell the Lord. He'll say, I did the dying. I shed the blood. I suffered their hell. All I asked to do was go. I'll repeat And I'll make you. To become fishers of men. Number three, and I'm through tonight in closing. Divine directions. You say, Brother Mark, there's some areas of my life where I'm guilty of giving God the garbage. I'm not happy that. Brother Mark, what do I need to do to get right with God? To get the joy and the fire. And then what do I have to do? Look in your Bible. Isaiah 44, verse 21. I have blotted out as a thick cloud thy transgressions. As a cloud thy sins, here it is. Turn unto me, for I have redeemed you. What did God say? God said, Get up, get up out of the garbage and the stench and the misery. Get up, God back home. Let me love you and restore you. Great Bible example, the prodigal son. Young man leaves home, goes in a far country, but he lives in all kinds of sin, winds up in a hog pen. The word of God says in the hog pen he came to himself and said, This will I do. I'll arise and go to my father and say unto him, hear that carefully now, say unto him, Father, I've sinned against heaven in thy sight. I'm no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of the hired servants. He climbs over the fence, he's walking home. He works on that speech. He memorizes that speech. Father, I've sinned against heaven in thy sight. I'm no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of the hired servants. He gets almost home. The father sees him. The father runs to him, Braces him. Keep in mind. Young man acted like a hog, like a hog, smelled like a hog, yet God comes to him and loves him. That's the love of God. I don't care what you've done. Come on and God will love you, my friend. Wait, 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 here it is. Then the boy starts his speech. Father I've sinned against heaven. I'm no more worthy to be called. <laughs> Stop! Before I can finish that speech and say, "Make me as one of the hired servants," God in heaven is so eager, so anxious to forgive that young man that God Almighty breaks every law of etiquette, interrupts that young man, and God's the best. Thank God, that's true tonight. Get out of the garbage. For you can take step number two, Christ will and cleanse you and bring back the joy and the blessing and the power. <coughs> in Kansas. The pastor came to me one day and said, Brother Mark, there's a man in the hospital we ought to go see. He said, I've talked to the man, he claims to be saved, but I'm not sure and he's dying. We went to a big medical complex. We up there. the lady I- is coming. He said, uh, How's Charlie doing? Her eyes filled with tears. Said, Preacher Three Doctors was in the room, went out in the hall, motioned me out. They said, Ma'am, we got to be honest. Maybe at the most, Charlie has three days left to live. The pastor said, Ma'am, is Charlie a Christian? She said, I don't know. I've asked. Preacher, she said, he he claims to be saved, but I don't know. On the steps, we bowed our heads, had a word of prayer. Preacher and I went in the building, up to intensive care, walked down a long hallway, walked in beside a bed. bed. As I looked down, I saw a man lying on a bed. It was looking in the face of a skeleton fed intravenously in each arm, had a plastic hose inserted in each nostril. As we looked down, I thought the man was asleep, but very quietly, the pastor said, Charlie, are you awake? Opened his eyes and looked up, and the pastor said, don't say a word. Said, Charlie, I got to give it to you. Play day is over. It's done. The doctor said, maybe at the most, the extreme. You got three days left to live. He said, now, sir, if you're ever honest, be honest now, Charlie. Are you? You're going to heaven when you he asked him that question. I heard a rasping noise. Is that man strained for a breath of air? In just a whisper, he said, "I'm trusting Jesus." The pastor said, "Okay, Charlie." The pastor read scripture, had prayer, a nurse, came and said, "Pastor, you have an emergency phone call." The pastor left the bedside as I looked down I've never felt so help big tears are running down that man's cheek weeping and over I said friend can I get ask noise as he struggled for a breath of air just a whisper he said no sir it's my life what happened next you see it one time, you'd never forget it. A third time I saw that man struggle. I heard that rasping noise. All of a sudden, he started to struggle. I watched him with great effort and I'm sure much pain. All of a sudden, he sat up in bed. When he sat up in bed, he raised both hands toward heaven. He looked toward heaven. He just screamed out. He said, "Wasted!" Then he sobbed and said, "Wasted!" and fell back on the wept and sobbed and shock. You say, what happened? God saved a teenager. And through Jesus Christ, the garbage, the scraps, the leftovers. Two days later, Charlie died. The Bible says that Charlie says, if you and I, that someday, every one of us that's, will give an account of, unto God. Let that penetrate. At the judgment seat of Christ for Christians, Jesus is not talking give an account. He demands answers. Hear it, sir. He demands on that day, Charlie will come to Christ's feet, wounds of Calvary in shame and embarrassment and disgrace and remorse to say, Lord Jesus, you brought me with your my putrid garbage and my life is wasted. Tonight when you walk out Some lives he's Lord, thank God. You're not perfect, but you're trying to live for him. Witness. Hey, you're trying, wait. Christ... Jesus Christ is simply the garbage collector. All he gets is the garbage and the scraps and the leftovers of a cheap, self-centered life. Hear me. On some things I might be wrong. On this I'm 100%. Jesus Christ, he deserves more than garbage tonight. Amen. He deserves everything. number one. Are you sure you're going to heaven? Are you sure you're a Christian? Well, I hope. No, are you sure?